2: Time hosted by two girls, one goth. How are we feeling today, guys? I feel good. Yeah?
3: Yeah, I just, I'm feeling really good. I'm happy to be here. I love you guys. I'm feeling especially grateful because I was sick for an entire week. Not COVID. Not COVID. (laughs) Uh, You know, before COVID, we had like traditional like viral colds and flus and I had one of those and I took so many COVID tests that were negative to my relief, uh, despite being vaccinated, you know, it's a real risk. Yeah. And, uh, no. And I had to justify
2: like my, my symptoms to anyone I saw. I was like, it's not COVID to like literally anyone. <laughs> no, even this morning, we were obviously recording this in person. I was like, you're not contagious still. Right. And I'm like, maybe, maybe <laughs> 0% in my, uh, I'll tell
3: you guys this off the air, but I learned more from my teledoc than I did from my real doctor in my entire, any real doctor I've ever had. Wow. Honestly, I'm so well informed about what to uh, what myself.
4: and, And and by the way, the teledoc thing came about in our group chat. Uh, the first group chat Which is us three And Jared. Jared Yeah of course And then we were we. I think Jared might have Brought it up So I go to a teledoc
2: Yeah well he was Had the same thing as you Like mm-hmm. a viral thing That wasn't COVID I mean does anyone care Should I share what I learned Or is that boring No I mean is it
3: interesting No I think we want to know I now mean,
2: I mean I don't know
3: Maybe people know this So basically like My big concern was whether Is it is this viral Or is this an infection mm-hmm. Yeah Right So what he said to me always, he's like, if you're experiencing viral symptoms, you'll have symptoms all over your body. You'll have aches. You'll have body aches. Your, your lymph nodes will hurt your, you know, my kidneys always hurt. Like I have, I have like symptoms on like the back of my body. My organs hurt. I've, and it's like, if you've, if you've any multiple symptoms across your body, that's a viral infection. Always body aches equal virus. Body aches do not an infection make. An infection is, generally, if you are sick, you have a cold, and then it transitions into an infection, you have a period of getting better, mm-hmm. and then it turns into an infection, and it's very isolated to a singular area. Like strep, Localized. you don't have body aches. You have a sore throat. A sinus infection, nothing else hurts. You have a... Your face hurts. Your, yeah. your nose hurts. So I was like, how has no one ever differentiated that to me? <laughs> Where I'm like, body aches equal, inf- equal virus. Yeah. Isolated... Isolated area equals infection. And it's, like, it's so clear, but like literally no doctor has ever told that to me.
2: It's probably because these uh, teledocs are just chilling and they, Dude, ha- they feel teledocs. so good. They could be like having an alcoholic beverage while they're Dude. doing these teledocs, And they're I like, you know like, what? I'm going to teach you something today. Right?
3: And he, I was like, I did not know that because like every time I'm sick, you're always guessing like, am I contagious? Because if it's a bacterial, you're not. Yeah. Like if it's an infection, you're not. So it's important to know like, hey, body aches, lymph node swelling, virus. It- Contagious Contagious Bacterial sinus infection Usually follows viral infection Yeah And usually a period of getting well Then then declining into worse So that's my uh, TED talk for today <laughs> But thank you to my, my Teladoc Thanks Teladoc The best doctor I've ever had Best $75 <laughs> I've ever spent That's amazing I, I love know it. I'm so good about for it. you
2: Alright well Billy Should we just jump right into the dark day Because Alexis brought us too high Yes I'm Sorry
4: Yes, the dark day. So today is November 11, 2000, and there was a disaster on this day that I never even heard of. It's the Kaprun disaster in Kaprun, Austria, when there was a train, a as they call a funicular,
2: mm-hmm. that was
4: going up to a ski area. Okay. It was going into a tunnel, caught on fire, 155 people died. Oh! oh now we've all been in, um, obviously, ski lifts. Yeah, we've been in the gondolas. Yes, this is even more, you, you know, like bigger. It's almost like a monorail, but it's going up the thing. Yeah, and there was a fire, and they were in this tunnel, and the tunnel kind of acted almost like a chimney, so like all the smoke was actually coming up into
2: it. Jesus! So That's scary, so awful.
4: so awful. They there was a lot of different uh, investigations. Was it? Was it this thing? Was it that thing? Was it the oil? And it turns out at the end of the day, it was uh, a fan. A fan? A fan uh, was not – the fan was what caused the the fire to start.
2: Jesus. It was an electrical fire. Yes. It's crazy because I don't think I had ever heard of that before. No. And that is such a massive tragedy.
4: Yeah. I mean we're talking about people that are there for vacation, for – you know, just Ugh, trying to have fun. R- I know you love skiing, Jack.
2: N- nothing better than getting up that hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, mm-hmm. that is a dark day, Billy. It, it's it was so a, sad. It, it was a
4: very dark day, and I'd never heard of it before. So um, God bless those 155 souls. And there 100%. were only 12
2: survivors. Wow. Oof. God, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Well, now we're back down all right we're gonna bring it back (laughs) up though we're gonna bring it back up we're We're gonna gonna honor those lives and bring it back up yes Yes. we can absolutely so when we come back we've got some bitching to do
1: please rise court is now session all rise call the
4: first witness how do you plead guilty or not guilty
2: welcome to on the stand so for this part of our podcast we're bringing a person place, thing, or idea whatever we're whatever is on our mind this week to the stand we're either prosecuting it or defending it and then at the end after a nice hearty discussion we're gonna vote if it's guilty or not guilty then we bring it to instagram and see what all of our firsties think about it it's so funny because we go to start this portion of the podcast i'm like alexis do you have anything like, no, sometimes I'm repaired. Sometimes I'm not, but I, you know what? I've already found my thing. I know you, you have the fastest mind. Sometimes I've already got a really good one. It took you three seconds of being like, I don't have a thing. You know, I've got a thing. I am a create, like
3: I have one You're of those a creative break- genius.
2: Yes. <laughs> and I've got it. I've got it fucking good. And I can't wait. You really do. Um, I'm going to start off this week. I love that. So, uh, we were planning a celebratory dinner for the first degree camp and we we're talking about which restaurant we wanted to go to. Oh, I know where you're There's going to like this. Many fancy restaurants in LA and Alexis suggested this restaurant that's supposed to be the best restaurant in all of LA. And I'm like looking at the pictures because I'm a very aesthetic person. Like I need to, I need to agree with the vibe. Yeah. Going through the pictures, I see a picture of the table tablecloth deal breaker always i hate tablecloths they ruin the vibe they make me think that like the restaurant is stuffy and old and just not for me Hmm. and i want to know if i'm alone in feeling this way so tablecloths i'm prosecuting them
4: okay so now when we're talking about tablecloths what about the tablecloths that you get at, uh, like, Olive Garden or whatever, where you can actually Who? write on them <laughs> with uh, with crayons and that's stuff? That's not
3: cloth. That's table paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you don't write on cloth with crayons. Do you they, write on a table paper.
2: Do they do that at Olive Garden? They give the, you a table paper for they the kids? Do it for the kids, yeah. yeah. Well, no, they give you placemats that are paper. See, and I also something... don't want to go to a restaurant that is kid-friendly, as I don't <laughs> have a child. That's right. Like, and once we
3: have them, when we do it in unison, Jacqueline, yes. we will only... Only go together to places that are
2: kin-friendly, yeah. And then we'll hire joint sitters and go to dinner alone without them. <laughs> yeah, no, but that I like. I'm not against these restaurants that are child-friendly, but happen- as an adult, a childless adult, I don't want to go to them now. Did
4: something happen with a tablecloth when you're you, your no, parents they're just tacky? Your parents sometimes. are so nice. Like I can't see like there's, there was there no, was anything. There that was wasn't.
2: Like- they're just tacky. No, no childhood trauma with tablecloths. I just like they remind me of an outdated, stuffy restaurant. Like that's just and some people like those and it tablecloths don't don't equal uh Bad price or quality mm-hmm. of food. It's just a choice. It's a choice. It's a personal choice and an aesthetic choice. And an aesthetic choice mm-hmm. and I am against
3: tablecloths.
4: Cloths? All right, so.
3: Okay, so I'm going to agree with you for the most part. There are caveats like I know Billy and I both share love for like Musso and Frank's, mm-hmm. which is like one of the oldest restaurants in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They have tablecloths, but it's very like Old tablecloth, white glove service. Yes. Peppercorn. like, But it's part of the novelty of the experience. It's novelty. So I don't think it really applies to most restaurants. So I'm going to exclude that because yes. that's really my only nostalgic attachment mm-hmm. to a tablecloth restaurant. Otherwise, I'm going to agree with you because for the most part, it's like – musty restaurants that have tablecloths.
2: And if I'm going to be paying like a premium for the meal that I want, that's just not the environment that I would choose to be in. Like I want to be outside with a nice rooftop, with some beautiful decor that I am into. Of course people are into different things, but it's just not for me. I'll say, mm, God, I want to be like, maybe you
3: should go Billy. I'm like my, my internal jury is still counting it up.
4: I'm going to say, I'm going to say not guilty. Why? Uh, because, you know, it seems that um, it, it, it is an aesthetic choice. Yes. And people can do what they want to do. And uh, but, but it's
3: a poor aesthetic
2: choice. But is it practical? Is it practical? It I is, because then is. you don't have to wipe down the table. I mean, honestly, yeah, probably did, for COVID, it you know, you just... You just wrap, you wrap it put up? put all your germs up into one place and throw it in the washing machine. And throw it in the
4: washing machine. So I'm going to say... Not guilty. But,
2: <sighs> your, but your vibe is a little bit of a tablecloth vibe. Oh, is it? Like, the vibe of your house is
3: a little tableclothy. Mm-hmm. You should have several tablecloths here where you... Do not, and it's confusing. I I,
4: I've been thinking about getting a tablecloth for the for the table that we're actually have you recording on. I, I actually have. Yeah, or, or that a, does not
3: surprise me. Or at least. A run,
4: Or a runner or something. Yeah. yeah, I
3: have a runner. No, a runner can be great. I have a mm-hmm. runner, and then I have like a nice candle on my like. I have that's runners. what I was gonna do. I was
4: gonna do like a but, runner tip. But
3: they're thing. like modern. They're not like stuffy. No, I was gonna they're do like white. a moder-
4: uh, like like a runner tip. They actually saw some at Halloween Town that were like <laughs> spider. That's not
1: the runner you. That need. were like
4: spider no, like no, spider web. No, whip, no, no, no. But then then I was like, I need I need a runner.
1: Not, I didn't that's buy not, that one. That's don't not,
3: buy the one from Halloween. That's Town. not your runner, my friend.
4: Okay, not guilty.
3: Guilty. You know, I my internal jury I still don't know. Word is returned. Like I'm mistrial vibes. Ooh. Because I some of my most like wonderful memories are at restaurants with tablecloths. Okay. Um, but I can appreciate that they're dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can appreciate that also. Like I'm really messy. I'm a messy gal. I also don't wanna like show my mess. Like when I yeah. spill soy sauce yeah. and I spill you ketchup, can't pick it up. Dude, it's it's like ingrain it's like a per- it's like etched in the truth of your life. If you spill things all over your tablecloth. It shoves your mistakes right back into your face. That's right. And you know what? If it's just a plain table, I can just wipe it up and pretend it didn't happen. Absolutely. So like I'm gonna say undecided, which means okay. mistrial.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well. we'll have to see.
3: I'm interested to see what everybody thinks. You know, and I uh it's like it's like the dust ruffle. The, the tablecloth mm. is like the dust ruffle for people with who have like bedroom fetishes, like bedroom <laughs> decor, sheets. Like, are dust ruffles outdated? I don't like a dust ruffle, but that makes sense. Right, for my tablecloth. But I think dust ruffles and tablecloths go hand in hand. Yes, and doilies. Yeah, like do Not you like doilies,
2: thing. dust ruffles, and tablecloths? If you like a shabby chic ex- aesthetic, then maybe a tablecloth is for you. Maybe even those those aren't mm, makes a little sense.
3: Honestly, okay. again, I'm undecided because nos- my childhood nostalgia is like I'm all about the doilies
4: and yeah. shit. All
2: right. Well, we'll see.
4: Or the, or the old Pizza Hut tablecloth. Oh. Mm, yes. Mm. All right. So now I'm going to go. You brought up Moose and Frank's. There's something that happened yesterday that really, really pissed me off. Okay. Now, there's an old Hollywood restaurant called the Pig and Whistle. Yep. And they somebody bought it. And decided to take away all of the. And now this is a place that was around since like the 20s and 30s, classic Hollywood, right next to the Egyptian Theater. Somebody bought it, called Mr. Tempo, and is and tore Mr. down Tempo. the torn down the signs, replaced like all the old artwork with like skulls and shit. And it's like what I'm putting on the stand is people that tear down uh, historic stuff to put up. Whatever they Mr. Tempo. whatever they want, including Mister Tempo. It's like you see these people in these oddly specific. You see these people in these neighborhoods...
3: Mister Tempo on the stand. In you fact. see
4: these people in the in these neighborhoods that go and buy like a a really historic house. Yeah, you know there is a uh, architect named Paul Williams who is a one of like the first great black architects. He he did a lot of stuff in L.A. People have bought his houses and like oh we're just going to gut it, and <gasps> it's like. What the hell are you doing? Well, but why not buy the house across the street and with with
2: or a new plot of land
4: with, with the with the uh, pig and whistle? We've all seen Hollywood Boulevard. There are so many storefronts in Hollywood Boulevard that are completely empty. Yeah. You did not need to buy that one,
3: right? But here's the thing: in many jurisdictions and many like communities, Billy, like where we're from on Long Island, where they actually protect things like this. So the house I grew up in. All in Long Island. If you bought this house, you couldn't gut it if mm-hmm. you tried. You need, you would get fine. Like you were yeah. not yeah. allowed to touch many aspects of these properties in certain neighborhoods, in, at least where we're from, because um, they protect historic properties. And, and here's yeah, what I don't understand:
4: should. outside of the pig and whistle is an actual plaque on the on. You, you know, like L.A. has these like giant plaques that say "Historic L.A." and then yeah. it, like list all this stuff. And it has the pig and whistle, and these guys just did it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm putting that but on the stand. Did they break a
3: law? Like
4: some people are saying that they that they might they, they against, might have. Did they, they go well, against
3: a permit? Yeah.
4: They, they might they. That is what is being uh, called out by a bunch of the uh, people that I follow on Instagram. How old and
3: is the pick and whistle?
4: Like hundred years old. And let me also call out everybody in Hollywood because there's probably like a lot of like there's so many rich people in Hollywood that love old Hollywood. <laughs> the only person that's doing seemingly anything about it is quentin tarantino cuz he's like you know what he's i buying I love movies to save them. i'm bu- I, he bought the vista he bought the new bev he's like oh really I, I, yeah I he, yeah that. and he's just like i'm going to preserve this stuff where are these people in hollywood that are like buying like the fact that like johnny's cafe across from the new uh, academy museum like if i had money no johnny's cafe is amazing i would just Buy it and open it and, like, there's a museum across the street now. Just please do that stuff. I know we don't have any, you know, we don't have any famous listeners. There's no, like, super, super, you know, rich people that are listening. But there might be. Do some fun stuff with your fucking
2: money. No, and even if you're going to renovate a place, there is a way Mm -hmm. to keep the integrity of the historical... Uh, history behind it. No, give, and totally.
4: give yourself a new kitchen. No one's going to say that you have to have a kitchen from 1920. Right. 100%. But yeah, so. Yeah,
2: you can restore and revive a lot of aspects yeah. of a building without completely like yes. taking the soul out right, of so it. All right, so guilty. For sure, guilty. Absolutely guilty. Yes. Lex? Did I go already? Nope. Oh, <laughs> shit.
3: Okay, so this is sort of abstract, but it's, it's topical and timely. Um, I'm putting on the stand loud gardening equipment. <laughs> Who is gonna leaf say blowers, yes? Leaf blowers and loud um, lawnmowers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's relevant is because recently, like LA is is has been proposing to put a ban on these things. And I, I'm gonna reserve what I, whether I'm prosecuting or judging based on. Actually, you're two opinions. Okay. Uh, because it's like, to me, it seems so fucking trivial. That's like, this is on the ballot. Like, this is what we're talking about. Uh, loud motors. Um, like the LA times literally is like the law on the ballot would require all new, s- newly sold small motor equipment, primarily used for lawn uh, landscaping to be zero emission. And they're saying they're too loud. They need to be battery powered. And I'm like, this is our biggest concern. Uh, mm-hmm. I
2: mean, there are so many things in life that you can't vote against when it comes to noise. I have so many loud neighbors around me I would love to, you yeah, know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I will say, every Wednesday and Thursday, it's when they do gardening at my
3: place, I have to shut all my windows, and I'm, I'm like, at, I'm at the mercy of them. For sure. Because of the noise pollution. Yeah. That being said, I know they used to mow lawns with, like, uh. Mechanical, yeah. just like lawnmowers yeah. that don't require the gas, and also the emissions is a big part of this bill. Where apparently the emissions are huge because it's gas powered. Okay, the emissions Not I are don't think that's the our emissions, problem. The emissions it's are huge, huge compared huge to cars. It's the bill. Sounds yeah.
4: like
2: sounds like lobbying. And
4: it some sounds sort like, it, so of it sounds like
2: <laughs> obviously it's rhetoric. I'm just
3: saying. Okay,
4: all right. Here's what I would get rid of. All right, you, you have that. What about the cars and the motorcycles with the with the giant exhausts that are really, really loud. Those yes. ones? Those ones, massive
2: corporations are- th-
4: those ones. that are. Those ones that the guy's like, I don't have a big enough dick, so I'm going to have a car that is really fucking loud. I'm going to drive down the street. Those are the things that you should go after instead of a guy trying to make money cutting somebody's lawn.
2: Yeah, it seems weird, and it seems like it's distraction for something else. But, yes. But, like, how do you feel about it? Leaf blowers and lawn mowers. I don't. I mean, is there a quieter way to do it? And if so, are they going well, to battery, offer battery powered? Are they going to make these people buy their own equipment? Yeah, like that, that's well, the I thing. Think, I mean, they're th-
3: all privately th- owned companies that are doing this that are contracted based on where you live. So it's like that's like, the yeah.
2: thing. Somebody's got to fork up the money to buy yeah, all this new but, equipment. Like, I think that's fair.
4: Now this, the sound. This, this is sounding like. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of... Sounds um, like such
2: an LA thing. It's so, this it, would not happen anywhere else other than LA.
4: I can see it's happening in Long Island too, but yeah.
2: It would be less annoying, but like here's the thing. Most people have more
3: space than we do in LA and more space than we do in New York City. I'm going to say like cities, if where me and Billy are from in the burbs and where you're from in Orange County, people have lawns. We don't have lawns, but I will say like I do suffer as though I have a lawn, because like three days a week, it sounds like there's a leaf blower outside my place. Yeah, I mean maybe I don't know what the answer is to that.
4: No, I say I say not, not guilty. Not guilty. Let the people keep doing that. There's a lot of other things that that LA should be focusing on than this. Yeah,
5: in this that picture. was my
3: point. Okay, great. This is where I was going because now I know I am prosecuting because I'm not crazy. In that like the fact that this is front page news because it is is sort of disheartening because like we have a homeless pr- crisis, we have a covid crisis. Like it's like this is mm-hmm. front page news banning leaf blowers. Yeah. Making them only battery powered and I'm just like, dude, fucking reshuffle your
2: priorities. Yep. Yeah, agree. it's not hurting anybody. I mean, maybe it's making a few no, zoom meetings a little bit inconvenient cuz a lot yeah, of people zoom work from home. zoom meetings and
4: people podcasting. And you know? podcasters
2: <laughs> to be honest. Only that, and, but so does my upstairs neighbor. So yeah, you know what? And,
4: and let me tell you something, it was raining today. There was a very, very loud tapping because the rain was coming tap, on. Tap, tap, tapping? Was coming on the uh, the air conditioner. Tap,
3: tap, tapping on my...
4: Yes. So what did I do? I put like a big foam thing over the air conditioner and then it went away. You can figure stuff out. Put
2: foam all over your windows and yeah. stop complaining, you know?
4: Exactly. So not guilty. <laughs>
2: Soundproof your house. Yes. Um, I'm going to say not guilty Not guilty. Too.
3: Uh, but there's some nuance here. God, God, I mean,
2: there's just so much more that people should be carrying. And about.
3: honestly, like the the emissions thing, like fucking start with your cars. Mm-hmm. Start with method- exactly. Start with like consuming. there's so many things. To people into office that aren't going to be l- lobbying or s- more greenhouse gases. And yeah, doing. and like start with a more responsible plan to literally all things uh, environment.
4: Exactly. Before
3: you fucking chastise leaf blowers. Amen. Right? Yes. Amen. Are we done? Yeah. We are done. On to the next. The True Crime Rewind. Okay.
2: Beep, beep.
6: When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus and I couldn't practice enough and it didn't work but thankfully there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program. And it's available on desktop, or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally. First with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent.
2: that's it. that That's all it is. Two minutes. And the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon. Ooh, fancy. Shrimp and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
6: It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000-plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply.
0: True Crime Ah, It's rewind time.
4: Hello everyone and welcome to True Crime Rewind. We are going to be talking about a incredibly famous case. Mm -hmm. The case of Oscar Pistorius.
2: International fame. And I do want to say this was supposed to be our True Crime Rewind. It was supposed to be a complete episode for our October... 18th episode I think and I had prepped yes. it we were ready to go and then I accidentally got engaged and then we had to talk about that <laughs> so we had to push this and then we had to do a <laughs> Halloween episode yes. so what kind of kicked this off is there was an important date happening on October 18th I believe it was yes we pushed it back we pushed it back that was the day
4: that was the day that he was sentenced to just five years in prison for killing his girlfriend Riva Steenkamp uh, in 2014 Now, we're going to get to that. Now, Oscar Pistorius, he was born missing the outside of both feet. And his feet were amputated when he was 11 months old. But then he started becoming a runner, and he became known as... Blade Runner. Yes.
3: Because they gave him prosthesis, and he kept, like... Getting better and better. And he's he was, like, athletically very talented.
4: Yes. And he, he was destroying. And there, there was a little controversy there because yeah. people were saying that, like, that was giving him. Because if you see uh, – if you, you know, Google his image, um, his uh, – the feet that he was using were, you know, could be termed as springs or something like that. But he was destroying the competition. Well, well and then
2: he, he – I'm not sure if he did actually end up playing or running in the regular Olympics, but that was the thing. They didn't uh-huh. want – they only wanted him to run in the Special Olympics. No, he did because he had a benefit. He, yeah. But then exactly. they went back and forth as if it was actually beneficial or not. Right, because like you have to understand, like a prosthesis, no
3: matter what, whether it's it's a blade to run or just to walk, because you don't have your lower legs, they're fucking painful. They yeah. have their own implications that you have to triumph over. Yeah. So I do think there's something to be said about like, hey, we don't actually know what uh, sort of. Adversities people are facing, and what
2: mm-hmm. I don't know what. And also, like, how can you really prove you, that? You can't
3: Cause cause it's unless a case by you case, live it, unless you ran like, before and after. Literally, people are projecting like their experience onto like. It's not that hard to run with a prosthetic. It's like, if you haven't done it, then who fucking knows? Yeah. And it's it's so much of a benefit to run with a spring blade leg. It's like, do you know unless you've done it? Like, it's, these are a bunch of people who've never done any of these things deciding this. So I do think this is con- – it is controversial.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happened. He was going out with this woman named Riva for three months. They are in bed – she goes into the bathroom. He claims that he thinks that there is a intruder. Mm-hmm.
3: Real quick, though. It's South Africa. Yeah. Apparently, like, he's living in this development mm-hmm. that's highly guarded. Yeah. And apparently, um, you know, in South Africa, I've never been there yet. Hopefully, I will. But apparently, like, there are these, like, these burglar burglary rings that are highly dangerous. And they
2: happen, they're very common. Yes. Like home break-ins are extremely common. They happen all of the time. So it's not the way that I think we think of like a home break-in.
3: Exactly. And it's like, there's like, uh, you know, barbed wire fences around these home communities. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're built to withstand and like deter these burglars, but they do happen nonetheless. So that's the context for what
2: you know, he ultimately says, yes. which and is South Africa. Yeah. South Africa has a high uh, homicide rate. It sure. Like does. it's, mm-hmm.
4: yeah. So he, she's in the bathroom. He thinks there's an intruder. He gets out his gun. He shoots into the door thinking it's an intruder and shoots her and kills her. Yes. Now his version of events was that he uh, wakes up, um, she goes to the bathroom. He hears a noise come from the from the bathroom. Um, he thinks the intruder is there. He and gets he his thinks gun- she's
2: still in bed. Well, yes. no. This, this is what happens. They're both laying in bed. This is his version of the story. They're both laying in bed in the middle of the night. He had a fan blowing outside. He goes to the balcony to get the fan. While he got the fan, Reva, apparently, allegedly goes to the bathroom, which is around a corner, and like the toilet has its own separate little door. Not only that,
3: he's on his nubs. He's not on his legs, which is key. He stumps,
2: is what he calls them. Sorry. Um, So he is going to get these fans. He doesn't have his prosthetic legs on. She allegedly goes to the bathroom. He doesn't know. He thinks that she's still laying in bed. So while this is happening... He hears a noise and he immediately thinks like intruder and he grabs his gun. I think his gun was underneath his pillow or underneath because underneath a bed, yeah, or underneath the bed because most people slept with a weapon. But I think in their he home. carried a gun at all times because he would have it in public too. Right. So then he hears the noise. Sorry, I'm totally taking over this whole thing. This is a team effort. He goes to because he hears the noise from the bathroom. Allegedly, he's saying. Reva, there's an intruder, call the police. He's like screaming, call the police. Like screaming it, screaming it, screaming it. He doesn't hear her, but he thinks that she's really nervous, so she's not saying anything, right? And she's in bed calling the police. This is, again, according to him. Then he goes to the bathroom, hears the noise in the bathroom, screaming at the intruder, and then shoots through the bathroom door and goes back to get his prosthetic legs. And that's when he realizes she's not in bed. Yes. And... He, she might be in the bathroom.
4: So he said, quote, it filled me with horror and fear of an intruder or intruders being inside the toilet. I thought he or they must have entered through the unprotected window as I did not have my prosthetic legs on. I felt extremely vulnerable. He said he fired shots at the toilet door and shouted to Reva to phone police. She did not respond. And I moved backwards out of the bathroom, keeping my eyes on the bathroom entrance. Everything was pitch dark because he was too afraid to turn on the light, by the way. Yeah. Everything was pitch dark in the bedroom. I was too scared to to switch on the light. Then he gets to the bed. He realizes that she's not there.
2: So what I think is so interesting in this whole story is basically – when he goes to court, it's like they're trying to prove intent. Like, he immediately is like, I shot her. I killed her. He immediately called police. Mm-hmm. He called his friend to come over. Like, there was no, it wasn't me. It must have been the intruder that shot her or whatever. So now when he's going to court, the whole thing is it's like they're trying to prove intent, which I think is so interesting because it's so hard to prove either way. It is. And the worst, thing that, the worst thing for him is that she had her
3: cell phone in the bathroom. Yeah. That is the worst fucking part. Because it's like, if you're just getting up to pee, you don't bring your cell phone. You bring your cell phone if you're like texting your girlfriend because you're upset. Because you're texting your friend because you feel scared. You're because you're you might need to call for help. You bring your phone if like having been in relationships and like fighting. Like it's like you bring your phone if you're like I gotta like I gotta take a I, second. I need a second, and I might need Wait. to like hit Jack up to tell her that I'm pissed or like vent for a second. The phone means she wasn't like woken up out of a dead sleep. It means...
4: No, but she could have brought the phone as a flashlight to go into the... Because remember, it was dark.
3: If they were dating, you know how
2: to get to a bathroom. See, I don't, like, mm. completely agree. I don't think that that proves anything because there could be a million. I mean, maybe she was, like, sometimes you bring maybe your phone she just because you want to check, check social or like, media. On, on maybe the, on, she couldn't yeah. sleep and she went and brought her phone into the bathroom because she was just browsing whatever social media was around at yeah. the time. Like,
4: now, now he, here's what they were trying to do uh, to claim about intent. So they said that he had anger problems. They pulled up some texts. They had 1,700 messages between them. Only four of them were argumentative, and one of them said, I'm scared of you sometimes of how you snap at me, and described his behavior snap at as, me? <laughs> a, a, as na- nasty, yes. Wait,
3: would you say snap at me?
4: Yes. That's her ta- ta- talking to him, yeah. And they also brought in an ex-girlfriend named Samantha Taylor, who said that he was quick to anger, and he, was, he always had a gun.
2: Yeah. So there were a couple instances. I think one was with this Samantha Taylor ex-girlfriend, where he was in a car, I think he got Maybe pulled over by the police, and they said to like put away his gun, and he like ended up shooting the gun through yeah. Yeah. the 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 roof of the car, the roof of the car. So there is a couple instances, like public instances, with him and his anger problems in public, and, like, with a gun. Um, so that doesn't look too well. And then oh. of course all of the text messages, but it's so hard with text messages too because it's like every. It's hard to really analyze people's conversation, especially through text, right? Of whether to judge somebody's character or not. Yes, it is. It's very hard.
3: And there's so many other fucking variables to to take into account um, without really hard evidence. Again, if you're proving intent... Who fucking knows? I know I'm insane sometimes. Right. And <laughs> I, I bet if I if I ever was in this position, there'd be a lot of arguments to make for me to be like, she did it or she didn't.
2: Well, it was kind and of- that's a, terrifying. Yeah. It was the conversation we had with Payne a couple weeks ago when uh, I think we were talking about, um, oh my God, to live in Dine, LA uh-huh. and die in LA and the mother in that story, Elaine uh-huh. Park's mom. Yeah, sure. And about just like, if you look up anybody's shit, it's- Something's gonna look back. Right. Oh, absolutely. So Every, most people should. Everyone has skeletons. Yeah. Or just like you, the way that you talk to people, and that can be, you know, that's Certain subjective people. too, and the way that people can interpret it. But that's what I just think is so fascinating about this case because um, the prosecution, you know, they're really trying to pull at these almost um, abstract ideas. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this one event happened, so we're going to use this as an overall, like, overarching personality trait of this guy. Totally. Yeah. So, fascinating.
4: And there was another thing where the whole zombie stomper.
2: Yeah, so this was a big thing.
4: So, um, they asked him, and this was sort of almost a gotcha moment where they said, have you, have you ever used the term zombie stopper? And Pistorius said no, and then they play a video. And it's a video of him shooting at watermelons and there's a there's a voice and it sounds like him and the voice says it's not as soft as brains but fuck it's a zombie stopper
2: zombie stopper zombie stopper, stopper. got it yeah okay and he was like i've never heard that before and then they're like really Yeah. you Here's, said it there's literally it. a video of you saying oh, this oh man yeah. oscar so so what did they end up giving him at the end of this trial? Is I mean, it's so interesting. And there is this uh, documentary on Amazon, I think it's just called Pistorius, mm-hmm. that it pretty much, it gives you like two, it's a uh, series, gives you like two episodes of the summary of the case. And then it really just takes you through the whole trial. Sure.
4: Yeah. So he, so he got five years and then the, People Supreme, were outraged. You know, the Supreme Court overturned the verdict and then it no, ex- they didn't
3: overturn the verdict. They overturned the sentence.
4: Okay. And then, then well, he, people, he got I mean, six years.
2: People were outraged because he basically got manslaughter. Yes. Yeah, like he killed a woman. <laughs> and
4: yeah. And then at the end of the day, the Supreme Court went again and then they gave him 13 years and five months. So he he got 15 years as of November 2017. He's eligible for parole in 2023.
2: And the whole argument for the increase of his sentencing is um, when they are kind of like going through it, it's like it isn't really manslaughter because you intended to kill or harm Someone. whoever was behind, behind that door. The door. So whether it was Reva or whether it was an intruder, like you picked up a weapon mm-hmm. and you shot at that door intending to hurt somebody. So that can't be manslaughter. Be manslaughter. Yeah, Manslaughter mm-hmm. is like an you're, accident.
4: No, you're, you're in a fight and you choke somebody and then they die.
2: Is that man? That's manslaughter.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there. It's a. It's got a sort of varied sort of interpretation because yeah. it could also be like a car accident. Yeah, it could be like you're wrestling and you push someone someone down a, a flight of stairs. Right, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to interpret it depending on what state you're in. Uh, that being said, though, like. There were a lot of suggest based on his level of violence in these other scenarios he's been in. I think people knew it's like you were playing fast and loose with people's lives and safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you did not appreciate the fucking danger of your actions. Yeah, even prior to killing Riva. Yes. And it's it's so fucking sad because it's just like imagine your life ending that soon. Yeah, I yeah. just it's
4: well, God, that is the Oscar Pistorius saga. But now we're going to listen to the worst things that you have done.
3: Mm, Yes. On to the worsty firsties.
0: This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. What's the worst thing
1: you've ever done?
5: Hello, my name is... Major fan of you guys. Alexis, you're amazing. But I wanted to call today to tell you about the worst thing I've ever done. So at the time, this is about five years ago, I was living right outside of D.C. Spent a lot of time going into the city, enjoying the bars, enjoying the museums, Um, frequented the Smithsonian this particular day. I was visiting the Museum of Natural History. Very recently got into houseplants because I was living in a basement and wanted to look for a way to improve the air quality. Um, But I just had a whole newfound respect for the plant section at this museum. I was in awe um blown away, decided to break away from the people I visited the museum with to go use the bathroom. And right outside of the gift shop, there were two massive planters with floor-to-ceiling version of this vining plant. Now, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Latin name for it. It's a type of monstera. It's referred to as a swiss cheese plant and at the time five years ago it was fairly rare nowadays you can find it at any nursery but i'm not kidding you and i'm telling you this plant they had two massive planters of it was literally floor to ceiling of this vining plant that i was obsessed with and couldn't figure out how to get my hands on so i decided i was going to take some cutting for myself i had a, a big purse with me I hid behind the plant, right along the edge of the gift shop, and I took about three big quote-unquote cuttings, I ripped it with my fingers, and shoved it in my purse. To this day, it's the worst thing I've ever done, but I also kind of feel like a badass because I was able to pull off a Smithsonian plant heist. Thanks for listening to my story, girls and goths.
4: Okay, so this is a more wholesome version of I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah, from National Treasure. Yeah, yeah. So so I love this because she just took a little bit of it. I I was I was a little bit concerned because she was going to take the whole plant.
2: I know. I'm like how oh is she going to piss yes, this off?
4: But but then she did this that that plant is going to continue to live. Mm-hmm. She's going to give that plant another, you know, oh, she life. She
3: impregnated that plant.
4: I'm all <laughs> It's not not quite like that, but yes. But I'm all about this. I love this. I love the Smithsonian. I love all of this. And, um, you know, life uh, finds a way.
2: And you know what? Okay,
3: quoting Steven Spielberg, (laughs) Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. She was also. Jeff.
2: uh, She was living in. My Halloween costume. Yeah. She was living in a basement. Like, she needed that. That is a hard. To live. Yeah, she needed that to, you know, keep her spirits up Mm -hmm. if you don't have sunlight down there. Honestly, if you propagate plants responsibly, like, I think
3: it's good for the... It's good for everyone. Yeah, you're just... Yeah,
4: it's carbon. And honestly,
3: like, what I love about you, my friend, is that you're, like, beating yourself up about this worst thing, but it's actually beautiful. Because I bet you, knowing you, those plants might still even be alive. Yeah, yes, that's true. And
2: honestly, you're truly just, like, the... Honestly, that wasn't even a worst thing. That was just... You're Mm -hmm. just... You're the pi- piper of fucking Smithsonian plants. <laughs> yes. <gasps> Making life go
3: on. God, yes. On to the next, and bravo to you. And also, it is stealing, because you're not supposed to propagate like plants that, without permission. But you know what? This is the best kind of crime you could commit. That's right. <laughs> We're here for it. Especially giving our um, climate change. Yes. Like, <laughs> spread the plants all you can. Yes.
7: Hey, guys. I am so excited to be able to call in and tell you the worst thing I've ever done, even though it's so embarrassing, and I still try and act like I did not do this, but I was about, uh, I don't know, 13, 14, junior high, beginning of high school, and I was absolutely in love with this guy, I thought, Um and he had a girlfriend the whole time that he was talking to me. Um, You know, looking back, this was like, I thought, you know, end of the world. This was encompassing every emotion I had. Like, it was literally, you know, all I thought about was this guy. And somehow in my little teenage brain, it was the girl's fault that he wasn't choosing to be with me. So one night I packed up, me and my friends packed up the car and we took... Some eggs and some baloney and silly string and all these things and went and found her car and put all this stuff all over her car and in the middle of the night. And I still just don't even understand what I was thinking, like why this was her fault at the time we did. But that was absolutely the worst thing I've done. And I look back and it's so embarrassing. And, um, I'm sorry to that, that girl that, 15 year old girl that absolutely did nothing wrong, and I was actually the one in the wrong talking to her boyfriend. So, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye.
3: Okay, so I want to weigh in on this as someone whose car was destroyed so many times in high school. (laughs) um, I understand because I, I think when we're young and we're like 15, 14, 13, whatever, all the information we have is like what society and like the media tells us, and it's always like, yeah. They make women feel very adversarial against one another. And we don't even understand ourselves yet. We don't understand men yet.
2: Yeah. We don't understand
3: relationships yet. So what I want to say is that, like, it's so sweet that you feel bad now. Um, That being said, it's like we all did this shit to each other growing up, whether it's physical actions or rumor spreading or not liking a girl you were jealous of. Like, we are set up to be adversarial, which is destructive and untrue because women should have each other's backs.
2: Yeah. And I also understand the whole point when you're 15 and you like a guy, that is literally your entire life. And if he doesn't like you back, it's the end of the world. And like, I feel that pain. Like I really do. Dude, It's it cuts deep.
3: Cuts deep. It cuts deep. And for some reason, like we're so limited to that, like that very weird, like, Visceral feeling that we get, you know, we in in, like there's no other consequences or no other like scope
2: that we're capable of,
4: you know. What and the the uh, let me just say this the addition of baloney.
2: Well, do you know? Do you know the bologna? It fucks up paint, takes the paint off your car, really. So, the baloney really is the secret weapon because I did not not know
4: that you're not like
2: potato in the tailpipe. (laughs) <laughs> You're not chucking eggs. Like you just put a few little little pieces of that round deli meat on there, well, and watch the paint just well, how disturbing right off.
3: that a bologna, a, a deli meat we all consume,
2: is also like, is stronger than paint thinner. That yeah, is really disturbing. <laughs> I know they need to really like redo the ingredients <laughs> and paint thinner and just grind up some bologna. Yeah, spray honestly, on it's disturbing. Yeah.
3: Um, that being said, though, like I love a that you acknowledge like what was I thinking? This had nothing to do with her. Because true, true, yeah. Be like how immature – you know what I mean? Like you know it was bad, and the fact that you feel bad means you're a good person. We Mm -hmm. all did shit like this when we were young. Not necessarily this, but we all – our jealousy or insecurities manifested in immature ways. So we didn't all do this, but we all did something, whether it was taking out on a sibling or Mm -hmm. like – posting a fucked up blog or like put making an AOL profile. Like we all did something that was immature and irrational
2: that we regret and cringe that we regret. About yeah. And,
3: and you know, some people don't know about it And in this girl, you know what? She probably recovered cause this should happen to me a fuck ton. And I, I look back on it very fondly cause I feel like, Oh, you were really threatened by Mimi, huh? Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, And you should forgive yourself because you feel bad about it. And that's the most important thing. Like, we all know that women, we have to band together. Men are – some are good. But, you know, pivoting women against each other is, like, a thing they do. And uh, we can't let it happen. And we need to band together because, for the most part, we're all allies, you know. And I think the mind frame you are now, the mind frame who called and, like, confessed this – would have been this woman's ally. Yeah. And uh, I think this is your version of an apology, and I'm sure she would accept it. That being said, holy shit, yes. And now we are going to move on to this very special episode of the Castanza Stanza. And this one is called The One with Oscar Pistorius. Yes. On this Killing Time episode about Oscar Pistorius, I thought I'd remind you that George is most glorious He cheats and he lies, yet emerges victorious. Mm. His antics destruction and failures, notorious. Wants to not work, but lives luxurious. (laughs) But his existence by nature is truly laborious. (laughs) And denying George's greatness is simply uproarious. Whoa. Which is a real word, and I did Google it.
2: I didn't realize there were so many things that
3: rhymed with the story. That was fantastic. I used all the ones that existed. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Bye, friends.
4: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.